Good day. Welcome back to episode seven of the Cox Talks podcast on whichever platform you listen to, whether it be uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, just over the internet or on podbean.com. Once again, thanks for listening. Uh, You know the drill. You want to get a hold of me. You can find me at the Cox Talks podcast on Instagram. I do most of my interaction with people via social media. So I'm not even really going to give my email out um, too often anymore because I don't get a lot of interaction. I don't get a lot of interaction through the email. So any fan questions, fan mail, fan comments, so on and so forth, I seem to get via social media. So I'm just going to stick to that now. And actually, that's something that... uh, Surprise, surprise, through everything I've thrown up on social media, whether it be Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, uh, I was actually quite surprised, and this came up on Twitter the other day, I was quite surprised the most fan interaction and the most hits I get uh, regarding my podcast or just general general discussion generated has actually been through Facebook. And you know what? I kind of thought Facebook was dead, except for those mom user groups, of course, where all the nosy where all the nosy moms and the nosy neighbors hang out to bitch and chew and fucking stick their nose in everybody's business. Facebook is still king, actually. So a lot of my, uh, for lack of a better term, a lot of my hype regarding the podcast and a lot of my interaction with uh, podcast listeners comes through Facebook still. So I was quite surprised by that. I thought Instagram would be king there for sure. I haven't got on the TikTok train yet. Not sure that I will. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, very surprised, and yeah, I'm sure you guys are very surprised by that too. So uh, on today's show, a couple things we're going to go over. Um, I need some help with a few things that are going to be coming up after our, after today's guest. Of course, we got a donut review, we got a public poop location, and I have a favor to ask as well. But first and foremost, uh, today's guest. So we've been on a bit of a we've been on a bit of a rodeo train here. I guess uh, four of these first seven episodes have been rodeo. Uh, three actually, I guess. Fuck, I don't even know. But this is this is gonna be the last kind of our rodeo. I'll call it a series that that I that I put together. We'll be talking to a young man, Cole Ashbacker, that I know very well from my days back in Alberta. We're going to be talking to him. So so in the earlier episodes, we talked to Roland McFadden. Now, Roly is kind of a semi-retired rodeo cowboy. You know, he picks and chooses where he wants to go these days with his rodeo life. Cole is actually, he spoke to us live from the rodeo trail. Now, keep in mind when you listen to the interview, you're going to hear some references uh, geared towards the Calgary Stampede. Please keep in mind, this is this was a pre-recorded episode. So some of the questions and, and things are just a little out of date because it was actually recorded back in July, believe it or not. So this is also the last of my pre-recorded episodes that I've got to get out there. Now, when I say pre-recorded episodes... I'm only talking about the interviews. I had a bunch of interviews pre-recorded just to get me over the hump here until farming season started to slow down. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm running low on pre-recorded interviews. I did do one the other night. Um, I won't reveal the the contents of that till later in the show. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, listen, let's just go ahead. Let's just bring in current rodeo cowboy, saddle bronc rider, Cole Ashbacker. All the way from, well, he, he was born and raised in Arrowwood, Alberta. Uh, for those of you that don't know where Arrowwood, it is uh, the legitimate definition of a small town out in, uh, I guess, central southern Alberta. Cole, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Really good, Trevor. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for asking. So you're born and raised in Arrowwood. Where, where did I get a hold of you? Where are you right now? I'm in, currently in Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, I'm just on my way to a rodeo in North Platte, Nebraska here. So right on. So, so, okay. So let, let's get uh, some housekeeping out of the way right away. So for those of you who don't know, Cole Ashbacker was the little brother of a young punk. I used to coach back in the day, back in my hockey coaching day. And Cole was always kind of the little runt running around the rink, causing trouble and just, just being a kid. And later on, actually, you were supposed to come to Blackie and play one year, I think, weren't you? Or did you get hurt? Like the year, uh, the year Beans and Reed 
and all those guys came or are you a bit younger than them no i'm the same age as them i actually uh i that my dad rodeoed with a guy that coached the double a team in brooks and he kind of convinced me to come play with his son over there that year okay yeah for some reason i thought you were hurt but so you never got the pleasure of uh you never got the pleasure of playing for me and roly no sadly i heard lots of good stories but never got to do that right on well i'll tell you what from what i've seen you're a better hockey player than your brother so we'll just put it that way eh? well that didn't take too much yeah no <laughs> certainly not so um right off the hop i kind of said it in your introduction um the people People in Ontario here, we say we know small towns, but we don't really know small towns. Um, tell us, <laughs> tell us how small of a town Arrowwood, Alberta is. Well, I guess, well, all Canadians should know we did our school Terry Fox run. And to do the 10 kilometer run that we had, it was six and a half laps around the town. So that, uh, it's not a real big town. There's probably 200 people with when you count the five mile radius around it and all the farmers and everything. Uh, yeah, I grew up, rode my dirt bike to school if I missed the bus. Uh, um, uh, rode horses to school once a year kind of thing just for fun. Pretty small town. So there's there's a school. Is there, I can't remember. Is there a restaurant in Arrowwood? Yeah, there's a really small restaurant. It sits 20 people if you fill it right to the brim that's kind of it. They got a, uh, egg supply store and, a a bank and that's the just a town. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I, I mean, I lived in Alberta for seven or eight years and I think I only actually legitimately went to Arrowwood maybe two or three times, uh, once because I believe it was your family was big in putting on the little Arrowwood rodeo. That's right. Isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Dad, dad kind of got that started going again they used to do one quite a few years ago and uh it when a lot of smaller towns quit having their rodeos uh it fell under under the way scale and dad got it started up would have been probably 15 years ago now ah yes right on right on okay so let's let's talk about your rodeo event what is it you do in the rodeo i am a professional saddle bronc rider so professional saddle bronc rider now you're a canadian cowboy a canadian saddle bronc rider um but you're is it so you're all over the states this year like i've been kind of following you on instagram and stuff don't forget folks you can follow him it's ashbacker 18 right yep that's it on on instagram so i've been kind of following you um and you're all over the states like you're you're everywhere you're you're tennessee you're texas you're oklahoma you said you're in nebraska right now how come you're all over the States this year? Is this a COVID relate related thing? There's no rodeos up here in Canada this year. What's, what's happening with that? Yeah. So Canada just hasn't really got rolling quite yet. Uh, just all the restrictions and everything. And the States are quite a bit ahead. They, uh, they got going middle of summer last year and there was a handful of them all through the summer. And then this year it's kind of getting to where it's wide open. I've been to, Oh, I've been to probably 10 rodeos already in June this year. And, I got another 10 lined up just this month. So the rodeos down in the States are typically a bit more, uh, there's more money up for grabs too. Is there not? Uh, there's yeah, they would be pretty good. I'm trying to go to all the bigger ones. I've had been pretty fortunate to have a pretty good year so far. So yeah, the ones that I've been getting into here now are pretty big money. So tell us about rodeo is almost non-existent here in Ontario. Now I know, I have a lot of listeners out in Alberta and, and, and across Canada, maybe, hopefully, fuck, I don't know. But uh, the majority of my audience is from here in Ontario. So tell us about saddle bronc riding. What is it? What happens? What? Tell us what it's all about. So basically, it's uh, a horse that's bred and raised to do just that. He's a, a bucking horse. And I put a saddle that's it's a little different than your average saddle. The stirrups kind of come out the front end of the saddle. And I, I have a halter with a bronc rein and it's just a braided, mostly braided twine. And yeah, I only one hand on the bronc rein and use the spurring motion to keep my butt in the saddle and go from there, try and make the prettiest bronc ride you can do. So what, what consists now? I, I don't think a lot of people understand. So, I mean, the closest thing that we get to rodeo around here is probably watching the fucking stampede on CBC. 
So what make like people don't understand that you got to have a good horse to match up with your ride because it's a combination of points, right? It's not just how good your ride is. It's how well that bronc bucks. Yeah. So it's a, it's a judged event. You got to stay on for eight seconds to qualify. And basically half the points are for how well the horse bucks. So the higher he kicks, the higher in the air he jumps. Usually the, the less ground he covers it through that eight seconds means higher points for the horse and then on top of that the half of it's on my ride where the more turned out my spurs are and more in control my ride is and the spur stroke from the back of my saddle to right to the front of the horse's shoulder is kind of how they come up with the score right on right on now you've been doing this a long time when did you when did you start i mean i guess did you start with the mutton busting or did you just decide you know at 12 or 13 you were gonna get on get on a saddle bronc <laughs> yeah i uh i've been in rodeo all my life dad dad and his dad they were involved in it and, uh so that kind of is how i got started so i i mutton busted i did all the, all the fun stuff when i was a little kid probably three years old when i did that for the first time and then i got into the steer riding which is kind of the the kids event for a step up from the mutton busting and then i was i 15 i believe when i got on my first saddle bronc course so i guess there's something from there <laughs> yeah there's something else we should nobody knows except for us two in this conversation nobody knows what mutton busting is what is mutton busting oh basically they let out uh it's kind of like legalized uh child abuse they let a kid go <laughs> on a wild sheep and let them run around and try and stay on as long as they can right i've seen it it's it's fucking entertaining that's for sure that's for sure so you started rodeo and obviously in Alberta. Now refresh my memory. Have you competed already at the Stampede or the CFR? Yeah, I I've competed in the Calgary Stampede in the steer riding when I was uh between 10 and 14. And then in the novice saddle bronc riding when I was 16 to 20. And then uh I actually I qualified for the 2020 Calgary Stampede. Sadly, that one didn't get to go on that year, but the Canadian finals, I competed at the Canadian finals in 2019. Right. So, okay. So I, the, the CFR, so the Canadian finals rodeo. Okay. That's kind of, that's the year end, um, Stanley cup finals as we'll call it. Now the Calgary stampede, you have to, you have to qualify and, or be invited to the stampede, right? Yes, that's correct. So that's like the granddaddy of Canadian rodeos aside from the CFR. Like it's world famous, the stampede. Yeah. So in 2020, I qualified for the Calgary stampede, even though it got canceled because I was, uh, I ended up fifth in Canada and they take the top five from the last year's standings. So this year, uh, I, I guess there's talk about being a stamp. There should be a stampede. Um, you rodeoing in the States. Does that affect your ability to qualify for the Calgary Stampede this year? So from what I've heard, they kind of took, because Canada or Rodeo in Canada has had some trouble with COVID through the last few years, they took the top Canadians out of the world standings, which is from both Canada and the U.S. And then they took the top, uh, I think it was the top 15 in the world on top of that to get their 20 guys. So I was looking on the Pro Rodeo website, and right now you are ranked 32nd, I believe, in the world in the saddle bronc riding. Yep. Obviously, I mean, people do this to win, but I mean, where's your where's your satisfaction right now in being 32nd? I mean, to 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 your average, and I might even call myself a below average rodeo fan. I think 32nd in the world is pretty fucking good, if you ask me. Yeah, I. I'm real happy with where I am right now. I, it's, it's kind of funny. Rodeo is you get into the bigger rodeos based on how you're doing in the standings. So last year I had a bit of trouble in the summer and I wasn't as high in the standings. I ended up 43rd in the world at the end of the whole deal last year. And I didn't get into some of the bigger rodeos here at the start of the year. So it's kind of been working my way up to get into those. And now I'm getting into those and trying to get into that top 15 is where I'd like to be. Right. And your rankings are based on your, your money earnings throughout the season, correct? Yeah, right. that's correct. Right. Okay. So why the fuck 
do you want to get on a horse that's why does any like a bull rider, a saddle bronc, a bareback rider? What makes you fucking human beings want to get on an animal that aggressive and that angry for um, even though it's only eight seconds? What goes through your head? This is yeah, fuck. You know, I think I can I think I can ride this thing for eight seconds. Honestly, it, it all started from when I was a little kid. I, I kind of got hooked right from when I got on my first steer at seven years old. And and it's never really been looking back. I, I've wanted to do it. And there it's a huge adrenaline rush. And uh, it's you just want that horse that's harder to ride. You want to be that guy that gets the high score and 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 win. <laughs> so what are these horses weighing in at? Do you, do you have any idea what they're weighing in at most of them or? Oh, anywhere from 1,200 pounds to 1,900 pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm a dairy farmer, and I have to deal with some what I would call aggressive fucking Holstein cows every once in a while. And I know what that can be like. I could not imagine getting on the back of a pissed-off saddle bronc. No, it just, it's never, it's never crossed my mind. Now, do you guys, do you have to wear a helmet on a saddle bronc? Nope. Nope, there's no, I mean, people can and have but there's not very many that do. It's mostly just a cowboy hat. Right. So have you ever had any major injuries yet? Uh, knock, on, knock on wood. Maybe we shouldn't even discuss it. I don't want to jinx it. Oh, I've, I've had my fair share. I've broken both wrists twice. Um, I actually, I tore, I tore my tibia away from the rest of my knee earlier this spring. So I was out for out for seven weeks with that and uh i got stepped on one time right in the middle of my back and broke a, a wing off the bone in my spine so how old were you <laughs> when that happens for some reason i seem to remember that were you walking around with a fucking neck brace on for a bit i never wore a neck brace i i couldn't get into bed uh and i had trouble getting into my car for school but i was i was 19 19 okay. 18 or 19 I think I'd probably moved home by then, but for some reason I thought I'd I thought I'd remembered that you having that injury before could have been anybody, I guess. So let's get into the meat and potatoes now. Like uh I, I've discussed it with some of my rodeo buddies. We had Roly McFadden on uh, a couple episodes ago. You know Roly real well and his family, and you know, he's done the Canadian circuit, he's been down to Houston and and all over Texas and Arizona rodeo. And what What's it like? We we discussed earlier. I mean, you've been everywhere from Texas to Tennessee. You're up in Nebraska now. What's it like just piling in the truck with the boys and and rolling down the highway? I'm sure there's some beverages to be had on route and just just an all out good time. Like what what is that like for you guys? Is that the is that more the highlight than getting on uh, a a bronc? Honestly, it's uh, I I wouldn't change my life for anything. There's not many not many sports that you get to be a professional athlete and pile in a vehicle and travel all over Canada and the U S in anything from a minivan to a RV camper and party for a living. <laughs> well, I gotta say, like I tried to get you interviewed Sunday night and you said, no, I'm pretty piled up drunk in Nashville. So maybe, you know, can we choose another night? And you, you had been on a bronc on Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I had a friend that his girlfriend had her birthday party there in Nashville after the rodeo. So we uh, we celebrated Nashville, and it was three days before we even made it out of there. But oh, uh, quite quite a wild time when you got the extra days. But uh, we kind of run on a deal where the winner of the the, the high marked ride in the rig they uh, they buy the beer, and we either carry on and got our designated driver for the night and party on <laughs> down the road or. So are you or traveling? Are, are you traveling with the same group every time, or is it kind of differ from rodeo to rodeo? Like some guys might not be hitting the same rodeos as you. Is that is like so? Does that change your riding partners up then, or how does that work? Yeah, we uh, we'll get in traveling groups. So I'm traveling with uh, two other guys from back home, uh, Chance Brass and Case Thompson, and so I enter and we enter all those rodeos the same with the those two guys, but then you run into different groups of bronc riders at all the rodeos so yeah it it, it mixes and mixes and matches but for the most part it ends up with kind of the same crew okay so how how old are you now cole uh 25 so you're 25 years old you're just traveling 
the United, we'll call them the Cowboy States of the, of the United States. You got beautiful weather. You're riding Buck and Bronx. Do you have a girlfriend, Cole? I do, yeah. You My do? back home. So, yeah, okay. Well, that, I mean, to me, <laughs> if I was your age and I was traveling, traveling the circuit the way you are, I don't think I would have a girlfriend. But let's get into... <laughs> Let's get into our our rodeo cabarets. So for the for the average listener, or maybe the new listener, a rodeo dance. Are they as prevalent down in the states um, as they are up here in Canada after every rodeo, or is it more of a because it's it's more of a complete say like like a state fair scene at a lot of these rodeos as opposed to just you know the rodeos in town for the weekend like it is in alberta right yeah so it, it kind of depends on where you're at there's uh quite a few states that they don't have them like obviously when you get down into utah and that's kind of what happens down there is there's not a whole lot of cabarets around those ones but texas and some of these others all the dakotas and montana yeah the big time dances and parties and like there's i've been to a rodeo in montana where they uh the liquor license is for the whole quarter section that the rodeo is on so there you just walk to a random area and there's a water trough that's full, filled with beer and it's yep give me your two bucks and here take a 16 ounce beer so for those listening so a quarter section is 160 acres so i mean you take your your average size of an ontario farm okay and it is just set up in one big goddamn rodeo trucks and trailers and women and beer and horses and yeah it sounds like a fucking terrible time i don't i wouldn't have any fun no fun whatsoever so have you ever been okay so have you ever gotten so piled up that you had to rodeo the next day and you're just like i can't i just can't do it i'm too hungover uh i can't say i've done that usually you just keep drinking the next day and i've I've, i will admit i have got on pretty drunk a few times and there are, there have been times i guess yeah i will admit i had to go to the, the sports medicine team and get some advil and they were quizzing me on why why i needed advil and it it's a real tough uh time telling a sports medicine doctor <laughs> that i need advil because i got a headache because i got too drunk last night <laughs> yeah yeah i could just imagine how that conversation goes <laughs> so what's what's the um What's the nectar of choice? What's your beer of choice on the road with the boys? Oh, uh, I'm. Or does it vary? I guess a, it depends. I guess it depends how much money you're winning. I mean, if you're having a good year, you're probably, you know, buying the Budweiser's and the Bud Lights or whatever, the Buckskins, the Coors Originals. Or if you're having a tough go, you know, maybe you're choking down the Rainier or the, you know, the <laughs> the house beer somewhere. I don't know. Like, what's, what's the nectar of choice there? Yeah, you're right. It, it does vary on if you're winning a bunch of money and, and really who's buying, honestly. Uh, there are some of the guys down here that their beer of choice is Keystone Light, which I like. I like Keystone Light as long as it's cold. It's pretty darn good. And then you get some of the guys that are in the Dakotas that they love their bush light, the corn corn cans. And it, it honestly depends. I, I'm a pretty big Michelob Ultra fan just because it's kind of a lighter beer and you don't when you pack 20 of them away, it doesn't feel like you're putting on 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Way do you get to be my age and six beers makes you put on 30 pounds or that's the way it fucking feels. <laughs> Anyways, that's for sure. So here's a question for you. So you got um, bronc riders and bull riders. I always kind of figured we're like policemen and firemen. Okay. Is there a big rivalry between bronc riders and bull riders like do you guys not no, get I... along or just like everybody just kind of because i know there's a there's a bit of a rivalry between roughies which is the rough stock riders and timies right there's a bit of a um a dislike there we'll call it but I, to me the bull riding is always the main event of a rodeo right that's that's just the way it is but i, I personally i like watching saddle bronx or bareback better than i like watching the bulls so is there a bit of a rivalry there against the bull riders or how does that work? It's, it's not near as bad as anybody really thinks it is. Like I'm, I'm always there for the bull ride and helping them get on their bulls. And there's bull riders that'll show up for the bronc ride to help me make sure I get out on my bucking horse safely. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's honestly, it's crazy the how rodeo works was like, you're there riding 
and all you want to do is see everybody do good. I mean, yeah, you're competing against that guy for the same money, but you're sitting on the back of the buck and shoots, hooping and hollering and having a blast just as long as everybody, like, you just want to see everybody do the best they can. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess, yeah, I guess that, because, I mean, you're all there for the same reason. Now, I'm sure you've seen the movie Eight Seconds, and this gets me, this kind of gets me back to riding around in the boys, like, is there is there somebody that you ride with in the truck that you guys are just always fucking carving, just always giving them a hard time? Like, is there is there do you guys have that one easy target, or is it just kind of everybody takes their takes their lickings? Oh, there's I mean it depends which which crew you're with, but there's always somebody that's getting hacked on. I mean I got I was the guys I'm traveling with they were giving me a hard time calling me Hollywood for being going on this podcast here tonight. And giving me giving me a hard time, and we were doing the exact same thing to one of the other guys earlier today because he he they asked him to sign his bill at the restaurant, and he he said, "Oh yeah, I'll put an autograph on it." <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, you can tell those guys that this podcast probably only going to get like seventy two listens. So I fucking <laughs> although although when it drops and I throw it up on the social media and people see your name attached to it, I'm sure it'll get me bumped up to about eighty four listeners. So. Maybe you are getting a little Hollywood. Who, who knows? Who knows? Well, I'll try and keep my head about myself on that one when it happens. Yeah. So you you said and back to the eight seconds again. You said you guys are driving around pickup trucks or minivans or whatever, so you don't have a big clapped out white Cadillac, four door Cadillac that you guys are just bombing around in from rodeo to rodeo. Uh, I've actually got a a two thousand. Well, we're currently driving in a nineteen ninety six. Dodge uh Cummins with a Capri camper on the back that I mean fucking right. it doesn't have a shower. It doesn't have a shower. It uh has two beds and we got three or four or five of us packed in that thing and it's stinks, it's sweaty, it's not the best. I mean, we're pretty lucky we got an AC unit put on it here this year. But I myself I drive a it's a 2006 Sprinter van with 500,000 kilometers on it. No windows in the back, bunk bed set up with a, a PlayStation and a TV, and down the road we go. <laughs> I could just imagine what that fucking thing smells like, too. It's a lot of sweating onions, I would imagine. Sweating onions. <laughs> what, um, <laughs> so, so you're doing all this traveling. Is this kind of the first summer you've spent traveling all over the states rodeoing? Uh, no, I've, I've been down and back. I spent most of last summer, probably, probably actually five to six months of the last year I was down in the U.S. And uh, the year before that, we, when rodeos in Canada were going on, we'd bounce down, be down for four hours for one rodeo and come right back to Canada to get on at another one the next day or even the same day sometimes. So I've been three years probably now that I've been going pretty steady across the line. So you've got enough rodeos in, down in the States under your belt. What's your fit? Which Where is your favorite rodeo? Oh, probably have to be San Antonio. They, they kind of treat us like Kings there. You, they, uh, it's an awesome rodeo. You're there for three days. Uh, it's got really good money up and great bucking horses. Um, they, uh, yeah, that or that or Deadwood, South Dakota, that one, it's kind of like a mini Vegas in downtown Deadwood. It's a tiny little town, same thing. They got 3000 people and, uh, they got some wooden bucking shoots that kind of makes it feel a little bit old school and then you go downtown and they got casinos all down the strip and uh, you sit and gamble till six in the morning and drink beer with the buddies and just have a good time (laughs) yeah no shit so what's what's where's your favorite rodeo north of the border then Ooh, pinoca's always a pretty good pretty good time up there uh that's one of the big ones um that or kind of a sleeper rodeo that not many people would think of is La Crete, Alberta. And that it's all oh, that's halfway to the, I was going to say that's about halfway to the fucking North pole, maybe three quarters of the way. Right. Yeah. That's a long and, way up there. Well, and yeah, it's a dry County, but you go up there and you pack knowing you're going to be there for two days and you pack probably 250 beer just so you get up there and it's, kind of just cowboys that really up there and they feed you three meals a day and and just sit and party with all the all the guys so that's okay there's something you brought up that i'd never even thought of 
So you said Lacrete is a dry county, but you must, and I guess you kind of, in a way, hinted to it that when you're traveling in Utah and parts of Texas, you can run into these dry counties where alcohol is prohibited. So what do you do? Like, are so you can pack your own beer in? Obviously, I mean, duh. Yep. It's like sneaking into the movie theater when you're 16, right? What? Yep. So what? Like, do they just kind of turn a blind eye to it when the rodeo's in town, or will they patrol the rodeos looking for boozers? How does that work? Oh uh, no, they don't really. They aren't really too worried about if you drink it. They just can't sell it in the counties. So they, you, yeah, you pack it all in. There's lots of committees that know that cowboys like drink to drink beer. So they have, they'll supply some for you, even some places. And they, they're usually pretty good about it with us. They, they understand that we, us cowboys kind of like to party and have a bit of a, a name behind us with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I've, I've been on the road with a couple crews of cowboys and I mean, I really miss the boat. I should have forgot about thinking I was going to be a hockey player and a hockey coach. I should have got rodeo and I think I could have been a glue guy on the road, you know, real good. Just, <laughs> just drinking beer with the boys and having a time for sure. I'd have got along great. So what is, what's, um, what's the fucking nastiest, meanest horse you've ever been on? Man, that's a good question. Well, there's one that, uh, it used to be a Canadian or came from Canada and they, I guess they got sold down to Texas and I, I've just, I've been on it a couple times now and I've never really got along with it. His, his name is Dodge Avenger. And yeah, it's kind of a good name, kind of it's a, a name. rough one in, yeah, it's kind of a rough one in the buck and shoot and really squished my legs between the bars and, and tried to, tried to squash my guts and, and then really is just a hard, hard one to stay on down when you get out in the arena too. So I guess it's all online now, but like when you're traveling to a rodeo, say, um, you can probably pull up on your phone and see exactly what horse you've drawn for that go around. Yep. So you, yep. you see Dodge Avenger come up and you're just like, fuck me. Like uh, here, here, <laughs> like here's some fucking 400 bucks out the window or whatever it is. Right. Like you, you just kind of just give your head a shake and well, fuck it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I kind of have one drawn that I guess it hasn't been rode here. Uh, I'm in Reno the middle of next week i've got one drawn that hasn't been rode since 2016 that's that's quite the fucking that's quite the streak that's like old that's like the old bull red rock right had never been ridden or whatever fuck that's five years so that so this bronc hasn't been ridden in five years yeah so i i mean i have them at a rodeo that where you get on two bucking horses and it's a based on the average that you win money and my first one's a, a really good one but that that uh, second one, he's kind of a tough one, but I got to try him because I, otherwise I don't win any money. So just for shits and giggles, you get on this buck, you get on this bronc that hasn't been ridden in five years and you toss out a quick eight seconds. What are you going to do? Oh, it's, uh, we, we better not talk about it. I don't think that'll be. <laughs> like you, that would just, pro- that would propel you to legend status. Is that correct? Pretty much. Well, you, at least in the bronc rider crew that, that know that horse, it, yeah you make you feel pretty good yeah for sure so um i'm kind of jumping all over the place with my questions but they're just kind of popping in my head as they come to me so canada has the cfrs which is the canadian final rodeo down in the states they have the nfr which is the national final rodeo and i've been down there once just to watch uh roly and matt henry and i went down together and what a goddamn sideshow i we can't wait to go back rodeoing all over the states this year does that qualify does that enable you to potentially qualify for the nfr yeah so uh like you said i'm 32nd in the world right now and uh they take the top 15 so i gotta i gotta really do some winning here and get up get my standings up to where i'm in that top 15 come september 30 september 30th now is it just so when you, if you win the cfr you're canadian champion but if you win the NFR, you're world champion. Why why not just American champion or North America? I mean, there's rodeos all over the world. What what makes it world champion, even though you just essentially win are the winner of the United States? Well, that uh I guess they do that just because the Canadian rodeos, when they're on, they do count for the world standings. Okay. So they uh they're the World Professional Cowboys Association, so they they just took that 
status based on their name and and well, it's and, through and it, all of and, North America rodeos. Yeah, and having said that, I mean, I guess when I was down there, like they do the introductions, like you do get your cowboys from Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, the United States. They're all there representing their countries, right? So I guess I guess it is essentially on a world stage. So why not give it that that world title? Give it the world title. So that's that's obviously for this season, that's obviously your goal is get into the top 15 and uh, get seen at the NFR. Do they still have, do they still, is the NFR still in Vegas or has it been moved due to COVID? Uh, in 2020, they moved it to Texas just because Texas was more open than Vegas was. Yeah, and there's they, no fucking rules there. in Texas. Yeah, they, they, it was pretty awesome. They did, actually, they did have uh, capacity. It was 40 or 50% capacity there, but in a 40,000 seating uh ranger stadium that's still 20 i think it was twenty thousand fans they had a night which is pretty darn good yeah so yeah they had it's got to be better than the 1500 you get in high river alberta right oh it's unbelievable i was (laughs) talking about that like i was down in redding california here earlier in this spring and uh that was right when california lifted their mask bylaw and they had 12,000 people packed into the arena around there. And it was the kind of the first weekend they opened up. So people were out having a good time. They lined up two miles to get into this rodeo and they had to come over. The announcer had to come on the uh, microphone and tell people to move closer together because they had people still lined up to get in the <laughs> gate. And the stands were all full. Yeah. Move closer together. We just got over a pandemic, but please, well, we're not, some would say we're not over it, but we're not going to get into that. Nobody wants to talk about that shit. So, so listen, I'm going to let you go, Cole. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, I know you probably got some some video games and some beer to drink. And well, I'd say you got tail to chase, but I know you're a, you're a good, well-behaved young man with a with a probably a nice girlfriend back home. But again, thanks for taking the time. It was a blast talking to you. And good luck with the rest of the season. I'll, I know I'll be following along on social media and we'll get your social media stuff out there and maybe get you a few more followers from back home here. That'd be perfect. Yeah. I'm, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. So there you have it, folks. Thanks again to Cole Ashbacker for coming on the Cox Talks podcast. Sounds like a real tough life, eh? Just 24, 25 years old, riding around the, uh, you know, lower United States of America, just smashing beers and you know, riding horses and chasing the muff around. Although he says he does have a girlfriend and he's a very well-behaved kid. And you know what? I tend to believe him. So that's going to wrap up the uh, the rodeo topics for a little while. I hope you guys enjoyed the rodeo. And, and I've said it before. I know I realize that a majority of my listeners are from uh, Ontario. So with there not being a lot of rodeo in Ontario, I thought, hey, we'll give the listeners something that they know nothing about. Uh, for a couple of guests and we'll go from there and you know what um my numbers my numbers as far as listeners downloads uh so on and so forth they don't seem to be rising they don't seem to be falling they seem to just be staying the same which i'm quite happy with as long as i'm not losing listeners that's fine with me so that kind of shows me that you guys are you know interested in the rodeo but moving forward we got a lot of we got a lot of ideas coming up now of course before we go any further that interview Brought to you by our lovely sponsors at Amera Farm Service. Amera Farm Service giving you hotshot equipment haulage all over the greater Ontario region. Farm equipment, construction equipment, patio furniture, lawn furniture, fuck you name it. Ty Crothers and his staff at Amera Farms, they'll haul it anywhere you want, safe and secure. Amera Farm Service for all your hotshot service needs. Thanks again to those sponsors. So coming up, uh, coming up, a few ideas I've got uh, running with here on the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I say that way too fucking much, you know, that first and foremost, fuck off. That is what it is. You get into the zone and that's the way she fucking goes. So a couple of, a couple show ideas we got coming up here. Um, so a lot of you have heard me refer to the mud muckers. We're going to have a little uh, Mudmucker season preview coming up within a couple episodes. Uh, if you've never heard of the Mudmuckers, we are a men's league team here in Ontario. And you can actually follow along on social media at the 
underscore mudmuckers. Jump on that page there, look up some of the posts, and you can see that we're just a bunch of fun-loving guys who still love playing men's league. We actually don't like playing men's league at all. We just like getting together, showering with the boys, and smashing Bud Light. So, um going to have an episode on that. We're going to have an episode on just men's league players in general. I'm sure everybody on here has played a, a game of men's league hockey in their day. Um, got a couple professional athletes lined up uh, to come on the show. Football players, hockey player. Uh, we're going to go down that path uh, coming up within a few episodes. We're going to talk about the greatest bar ever. We're going to talk about ranchmen's in Calgary. We've got an episode dedicated to ranchmen's, which, um, like I said, the greatest bar ever. In, in my opinion, died a slow, quiet death, sadly, during COVID, you know, took a COVID hit, but uh, a lot of, a lot of blurry nights spent at Ranchman's in Calgary, and uh, Rolly McFadden is going to be back eventually to talk about Ranchman's with us with a few other friends. We're going to get some stories. We're going to talk about some stories from hanging out at Ranchman's, uh, some good times, some good times there for sure on the vodka sodas. So that's uh, that's just a preview of what we got coming up sort of deal. If, if you're interested, if you're interested in hanging around, uh, for sure, let me know. Another thing I want to know is um, a lot of people have been asking me about swag. They want to know, is there any Cox Talk swag coming out? Well, um, the answer is I don't know. It's up to you guys. I can go out and get swag. I can go out and get swag. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not getting it for fucking free. Okay? There's going to be no swag for free. But I want to know how much interest... There is. I'm not going to go out and order a bunch of hoodies and hats and toques and fucking coffee mugs and cozies and this and that if nobody's going to buy the fucking shit, okay? So get a hold of me on social media. Let me know if you're interested in Cox Talk swag. And maybe, just maybe, we'll see if we can make something happen here. So, okay, moving on. More, more, more things, more things. Donut review. So I had put the request out last episode that if anybody was down near the Big Apple down in Brighton, Ontario, to pick me up a fucking uh, Cherry Crunch Donut. Well, guess what? I did get a Cherry Crunch Donut delivered right to my kitchen table from a good friend here in Uxbridge. Um, a big shout out to Blaine Winter for uh, dropping me off a nice Cherry Crunch Donut and an apple fritter. Now, here's the thing. Never been a fan of the apple fritters. Doesn't matter if it's a Timmy's. If it's a Hanks from Port Perry, if it's a Big Apple, if it's fucking Gordon Ramsay's apple fritter himself, not an apple fritter guy, not I just not a big apple guy. Period. But the cherry crunch donut was very delightful, soft, moist, lots of that good cherry flavor. No, no chunks of cherry in it. Um, if that's what you're wondering, just kind of that that cherry flavor to it. Nice, nice, moist, nice and moist and pink. Eh? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, and just a nice pink, moist donut. Certainly didn't mind burying, burying myself in that uh, donut. That was, that was delightful. It was very good. Probably the best cherry crunch donut I've ever had. So, um, thanks again to Blaine for dropping that off. And, and I, I urge you, if you're ever down in the Brighton area, stop by the Big Apple check out their donuts now a lot of you i don't know if you saw it on social media or not i had a uh, a lovely lady by the name of cheryl mcgugan she dropped me off a giant and the fucking thing was bigger than my head a giant boston cream donut it was decorated it had the cox talks logo right on the donut that was delightful um so thanks to cheryl i dummied that fucking donut like the thing was bigger than my fucking head and i dummied it in like a day and a half and um so that's a that's a lie. I dummied it in a day. I don't know why I lied just there, but I ripped through that thing, and then that night I went to bed and I just laid there in, in like a donut coma. I had so much sugar, I could I could literally feel the diabetes seeking seeping into my body. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. And I'm gonna say, listen, Hanks and Port Perry does have some some very tasty donuts. It's just too bad Hanks is in Port Perry because. And all these people, Dave, I told you fucking Port Perry was good for something. No, no, because the real, the real, good sentence there. The reality of it is Hanks could put a store anywhere and they'd be just as good. It doesn't make their fucking bakery any better just because they're in Port Perry. Now, having said that, I highly doubt it because the donut wasn't glowing. But if they're using that scuzzy Lake Scugog water to make their donuts or I don't know, how do you make donuts? Is there water in the recipe somewhere? 
somewhere you got to break it down. There's got to be some water in there. If they're using the water out of Lake Scugaga, okay, now I can maybe understand why they're so tasty because I'll tell you what, there's there's nothing like dirty, scuzzy, murky, murky Lake Scugog water. It's fucking disgusting, but who knows? So, yeah, big shout-out to Hank's Pastries and Cheryl McGugan for dropping that Boston cream off. That was great. So, this episode's uh, donut supply shop, we'll call it, is uh, Crave Donuts. And they are a little shop, a little uh, husband-wife shop right here in the greater Durham region, down in Whitby, I believe. You can check them out at cravedonuts.com. I believe they deliver as well. But I'm just kind of looking at their menu here, and I mean, uh, honey vanilla cruller, the churro cruller, maple blueberry cruller, the caramel peanut crunch, uh, the list goes on and on. And uh, yeah, so they, they are a couple that, according to their website, they traveled across Canada sampling donuts the whole way, and they got home from their trip to the West Coast and decided to start a donut business, so... I've yet to try them myself. I did have somebody send me their website, and I checked it out. And uh, once again, that's Crave Donuts, and they're down in Whitby here in uh, Durham Region. So check them out, CraveDonuts.com. It looks like they got some delicious stuff. I'm dying to try some. Holy fuck, they got a Dunkaroos. They got a Dunkaroos donut. Now, if you grew up, okay, if you grew up in the 90s, you know what Dunkaroos are. You get the, the, the fucking rainbow filling. Like you never even you never even used to eat the 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 cookie part of the Dunkaroo packaging. You just get your finger in there and and just go to town on that icing. That's the way I remember it, anyways. But uh, yeah, Dunkaroo donut. Check that out. Anybody hitting up Crave Donut, I'll take a half dozen of uh, Dunkaroo donuts there. <laughs> yeah. So that's the donut review. That's this week's donut place. Now your public poop location is brought to you by Western Canada as well. So. We got a public poop location brought to us by Turner McKay out in the greater Vulcan area. He says that if you go to the Home Hardware Building Center on the west side of Lethbridge, okay, that's the Home Hardware Building Center on the west side of Lethbridge, Alberta, it's a good place to poop. They have all of their top-of-the-line bathroom decorations and fixtures decked out in the bathroom with the price tags right on everything. So you can shop for your dream bathroom while you drop the Cosbys off at the pool. Isn't that nice? Do your shopping while you poop. And it's uh, apparently it's superbly clean, and it's got a really nice uh, poo-pourri, so to speak, to uh, uh, allegedly mask the stench of last night's... (laughs) Budweiser heavies and fish tacos down at the Shark Club in Lethbridge there. Ay, 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 ay. So there you go. If you're ever traveling through Lethbridge, Alberta, on the west side of town, Home Hardware Building Center, check out their shitter. And finally, two last orders of business here. So um, I'm, a- I'm asking for, for your guys' help, listeners out there. If you happen to listen to this podcast on Apple um, Apple podcasts or whatever the fuck they call it these days. Uh, please do me a favor and just go give, just go into wherever the fucking, it's hard to explain over radio. Okay. Relax. But go into where you listen to the podcast and rate and review the podcast, please. And all that does is it helps with my ratings. It helps bump the, it helps bump the podcast up a bit in, in people's search engines and shit like that. Just gives it a little bit of a moral boost, okay? I'm not sure if you can, um, I'm not sure if you can like and and review on Spotify or the other platforms, but I know you can on Apple. So please, um, if if you're one of the people that listens to it on Apple, or maybe just even maybe just even tap into Apple there, give me a review. And hey, you give me a good review, I might even read it on air. Okay, or if you give me a shitty review, I'll read it on air too. And give me two stars, give me one star, give me brown star, give me five stars. I don't care what you give me. Um, just asking for a little help here, asking for a little bit of a leg up. Uh, so I can keep keep on bringing you this high quality podcast product, okay? Yes, and uh, yeah, and let's not forget, please, if you're if you're a loyal listener, tell your fucking friends, tell your fucking friends about the podcast. 
I got some decent numbers right now, but in my world, these are rookie numbers. I need to pump that shit up, as they say on Wolf of Wall Street. I want to pump this shit up. And also, I've noticed, so so on the platform that I that hosts my podcast on podbean.com, I can break down, I can see uh, every city almost, every province, every state, every country in which the podcast is downloaded in. And I don't know why, and, and I don't know why it fucking bugs me, but... There's no downloads in Manitoba. I don't, I don't, like, I want to be coast to coast. I don't think that's too far-fetched of a goal, considering I've got downloads in Australia and the Cayman Islands and some in the United Kingdom. Like, Manitoba should be fucking attainable. Am I right? I'm definitely right. So, listen, if you're a listener who has any friends, relatives, whatever out in Manitoba, could you please pass the podcast along to them? I don't know why it's bugging me so much that there's a gaping hole right in the middle of fucking Canada in Manitoba that's not listening to my podcast, but it is. It is kind of bugging me. And so I'm just asking for a little favor here. If you know someone in Manitoba, please, by all means, recommend the podcast. Okay, so that just about wraps it up. I just want to once again, say thanks. And listen, by all means, any feedback, if you think the podcast is losing steam, if there's other topics you want to hear, if you want to hear more solo episodes where I just go on a goddamn rant like a psychopath, because that seems to be what I'm good at, let me know. Any feedback is good feedback. I have thick skin. If you want to if you want to comment on my podcast and just absolutely fucking trash me, I'm okay with that too. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But I'm all, I'm constantly looking for feedback. Please don't be afraid to send me feedback. I take it seriously. I take it all into account and I'm doing the best I can here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm enjoying bringing them to you. Uh, like I said, that's the end of the pre-recorded uh, interviews that I had stockpiled. So we're going to get some different topics going here and, and, and lots of fun stuff on the horizon. So please, by all means, if you're looking for some swag, if you've got some feedback, if you've got a donut place, if you've got a public shit location that is your secret, but you're willing to give it up to the to the loyal listeners here at the Cox Talks podcast, you know where to find me on social media at the Cox Talks podcast on Instagram. And once again, thanks for listening. That's the pod. 